From the Valley Podcast with your host, Tim Wilshere. Episode 73 today. And uh, it's a, I guess it's a reflection on where we're at. And also uh, the Melbourne Cup's just happened. So a bit of a discussion uh, today about the Melbourne Cup and uh, more recent events such as Halloween. Um, it is starting off with a Halloween uh, the Valley Chamber of Commerce uh, event on Halloween, the 31st of October 2019, a great success, a sellout, sold out uh, nearly two weeks before. So Victoria Park uh, Golf Complex always has a great function centre, it was great to, to see uh, podcast guests from the show there, uh, and we sort of uh, hang out with uh, Andre Moore, Ben Ten Wynn, April Adams, my lovely wife, uh, friend Nina came along as well and all the regulars that you get at the Valley Chamber of Commerce and uh, Adrian Schwinner was there talking about what the uh, future of the park is to hold um, so it's going to be very interesting to see how that all, all sort of develops over time um, the uh, Victoria Park uh, has only got two more years bef- of uh, the golf course being open before it will be closed but the great Halloween event I dressed up as Pennywise from it, and uh, it uh, everyone wanted to get their photo taken with me, which was was quite interesting. Uh, but it was, we had a fun night. That was that was the main thing. Um, we just had U- UFC two forty four. Uh, Nate Diaz against Jorge Masvidal. Great event. Very soft ending with the you know after the third round, basically had to be stopped because of the cuts on Nate's face. But the same sort of cuts as he had last time wasn't stopped. So it's just a Terrible athletic commission. What an event, though. Uh, Melbourne Cup. So, the race that stops the nation. The 5th of November, 2019, this year. Um, Now, I've got some interesting perspectives on this. It's the race that stops the nation. Victoria have a public holiday for the day. Uh, There are obviously activists that don't like the treatment of animals and horses uh, they get whipped, obviously, that sort of thing. So I, I can see uh, where those guys come from. And to me, you've got to look at this and you've got to think, okay, well, is you know, there's there's going to be that type of thing. But you've got to look at the benefit, the economic benefit that a day like the Melbourne Cup can bring. I did see some posts online uh, regarding the economic, um, I guess, downturn of productivity. Like uh, if, if everyone sort of takes an hour off, enjoy the Melbourne Cup then uh, there's you know you lose X amount of dollars in productivity well not really the case because you are, you, know, you just rearrange your hours rearrange it's just like anything you got a public holiday you just rearrange your hours etc so that's not really an argument in, in, in my opinion um, economic benefit because lots of different uh, uh, entertainment venues actually benefit from the day they actually are able to trade uh, all the so all the pubs and clubs in and around Brisbane is where I'm at in the valley. The Osborne Hotel had a really good event on. Um, now the event that I've been going to the last four years is out at uh, the airport, the domestic terminal, and uh, that particular um, event is run by the the Rotary Brisbane Airport Club, and they do a fantastic job. I've always supported this club. We've had Dennis Keating. I've had uh, We've also had uh, Jeff Kumnick 
on the podcast previously, and you will hear Jeff on this particular podcast today. I love Jeff's insight into the Melbourne Cup. He's an economist. He basically breaks it down and says, who who can win from an economic point of view? Um, now, I guess when picking for the Melbourne Cup, I always, if, if possible, always try to talk to a couple of experts and get their opinion. And they've never usually failed me. I mean, I had a good run where... I think I ran it and won about 7 out of 10 uh, Melbourne Cups in the previous decade. And more recently, I've had more of a dry run, I guess. I think it's been, it had been about uh, 4 or 5 years between Fiorante and Cross Counter. Um, so between those two, there, there was uh, a bit of a drought. Uh, yesterday, so I spoke to some experts. Um, it's the ones that I usually talk to, if I can, uh, Neil Ball has certainly helped with the Maccabi Diva back. Back in the day, he's, he's a steward. Uh, but also Gail Stanley and Judy McCallum, who came into my office on Monday, oddly enough, and they breed horses, so it's always good to ask those those folk. They're in the know. Who's going to win? Uh, they both gave me two names, Finch and Vow and Declare. So they were definitely part of the, the uh, horses that I bet on. And uh, Vow and Declare ended up being the winner and running straight up and not getting overtaken at the end. What a race it was fantastically close you'll hear that on the feed um the excitement it's always good to win on melbourne cup uh and the function at the airport center was really real well done it's it's the brand new pullman big screens buffet lunch uh, alcohol you know more beer more alcohol and then must friend of mine and good uh podcast guest uh of two occasions marcel vote we ended up uh going to a putt-putt golf um a putt-putt golf just afterwards so that was also fun and uh, entertaining way to finish uh, and our group ended up winning you know it was, it was great uh, met a couple of new people too uh at the um at the the event i'm hoping to get a couple of those new people on the podcast as well and uh it's been good that uh, in recent times we've had a lot more female guests on the podcast. I think it's important to sort of keep the balance of the gender fairly um, in a fairly sort of uh, balanced position. So I notice if you look at the first 50 episodes of the podcast, you couldn't really say that. So we're trying to balance it out from a gender point of view. Um, and I think we will get there. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's um, coming into the early part of November. Uh, Christmas isn't just about here, it's, it's not just around the corner. This week I'm uh, going to Chinchilla, uh, oddly enough, to uh, see some clients. I think that'll be fun. Uh, and then down to Gundawindi to see one of Fiona's good friends um, down there, Bob and Gwyn. Um, yeah, so that's what's been happening. Um, that's uh, you'll, I'll try to piece this, uh, this episode together and get it up. Uh, have a listen and uh, share it amongst your friends. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We're just going to switch over to the footage uh, shortly of, uh, of the Melbourne Cup uh, in itself. But before we do, uh, we've got some expert tips um, from Jeff Cundick, uh, who will give, him, uh, give us his, uh, his guide to the Cup if you've got a sweep or if you're having a bet. Uh, speaking of sweep, there is... One remaining $5 sweep, um, and then we're sold out. Uh, floating around over here. How many have we got left, maybe? 
Four. We've got $20 left with one here. Maybe there's a table over there as well for the suite. And we've also got some raffle tickets on there as well. Oh, so we'll go back to there. That's good. Um, and we've got the raffle tickets still um, available as well. Um, but I'm going to hand over to Jeff now to um, give us the expert tips for the Melbourne Cup. Here you go, Jeff. Thanks, 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 Kristen. Thanks, everyone, for that applause. Um, the Melbourne Cup is, uh, without question, the most difficult race uh, to pick a winner for the year. And this year, um, I spent a bit of time yesterday and last night trying to figure out where the winner was coming from. Well, there's only two ways that I could figure to do it, and as um, most of you know, the first one is the statistics. Um, and that usually gets us pretty close to where we need to be around the winner. So um, this year the field is full of internationals. Um, it's been 10 years since an Australian bred horse has actually won the cup. That was shocking in 2009. So barriers don't seem to be important unless you're in barrier number 18, which has never won the cup since 1924. Uh, barrier 23 has only won once. Um, four and five-year-olds have the best overall record, but more recently the six-year-olds have um, been more successful. Uh, the males easily dominate, um, so if you've backed a mare, uh, and there are a couple of those, you can rule a line through that because they will not win. Number four and number 12 are popular tips, they win probably the most. There's only been two eight-year-olds that have won. Um, and there's only four seven-year-olds that have won in the last 30 years. It's interesting today that some of the fancy runners are actually seven-year-olds. Nine of the last 11 winners have been a bay. Um, so in horse racing terms, that basically means brown and black tail and mane. Only three winners have carried more than 56 kilos since 1978. Uh, only 34 favourites have won out of the last 157 starts. So the statistics are telling us that the winner is likely to be aged between four and six, most likely to be a bay, a male, is unlikely to be in barrier 18, is unlikely to have more than 56 kilos, and there's only a 20% chance of being the favourite. So, where do we go? Anybody got any tips? My tip is, is, is a horse called Constantinople. Um, he's an Irishman. He's a four-year-old, he's bay, with a very similar profile to last year's winner, which is Cross Fountain. Um, he's trained by Aidan O'Brien, he's won on soft ground, and he is a stayer and will stay all day. Um, so here's my, my tip from the statistical analysis of the race, with a rough chance to the um, pro which is a bit of a sneaky, that's about uh, $30-odd. Now, um, I work for a company called Morgan's, and we're, we're fortunate enough to have an economist in our, uh, in our ranks. So I don't claim to be an economist. I don't want to be an economist. Uh, I made a mistake of one, one year standing up here and saying a couple of, tell you a couple of economist jokes and uh, found there was an economist in the room. Are there any economists in the room? Is that one? Right. Moving right along. Uh, economists generally have enough sense to know that they know nothing about the horse races. 
but there are people who do what they're called tipsters. So every Melbourne Cup day, and in fact every race day, the tipsters publish their tips in the, in the major papers. So today what, what our economist does is he takes the, uh, the tips published in the Australian, there's nine tipsters, um, and there, from there we basically assign a three, two, one points rating system to each of the runners. Uh, today, um, Finch is the new favourite. It's 20 points. Finch is the new is the next most fancy runner with seven points. And there, cross counter, Mustard Gear at five, Merge Glace at four, and a stack of others. Now, in order to generate the value um, course, what we do is we multiply the odds by the number of points that each, each runner is, has received. And on that basis, our economist tip is Finch. Finch. Which I think you'll find Finch is number... 11. Uh, 11. You got it. 11. You got that one? Yeah. 11 sounds right. Um, so we'll and I think really it is all, also the favourite. I have it down as being a chestnut, therefore it cannot win on a statistical analysis. Um, <laughs> so whichever one you've backed or chosen in this week, good luck. Thanks, Jeff. Righty-o, so the race is at 2 o'clock in 24 minutes. Uh, I'm just seeing everyone uh, piling over to the dessert station. So there's some dessert there, so it looks like some very good uh, cakes and tarts. So uh, 2 o'clock is the race, and we'll be back up uh, on stage at 2.15. So enjoy the rest of your lunch, and, and good luck with the race. So the 2019 Melbourne Cup is about to start. All of the jockeys and the horses are in the barrier. We're crossing live to the race. Alright, so number 11. Number 11 is Finch. Finch. And that is the favourite. Number 2, the, the Japanese horse. I can't even pronounce it. It's the second favourite. That was the favourite yesterday. It's going to be a big race. I've got um, down on four different horses here. Murder Glace. Uh, cross counters coming in about sixth in the odds. We've got uh, what's the other one? Number 23. Number 23, which is Vow and Declare. Means you got to make sure when you go through customs, you declare your bloody food. They sent somebody back. They sent somebody home yesterday, all the way back to Vietnam because they tried to bring in four kilos of pork. They got uh, yeah, four kilos of pork. Apparently there's like pig disease that, that can happen, you know. There's this pig disease that's going around at the moment and that could wipe out the whole the whole um, pork industry in Australia if that if that is allowed to get through. So very serious, send them back. I would have sent them to jail, but anyway, send them back to Vietnam. A lot of these people in a lot of these people from that part of the world, and here we go, we're underway. We're underway. So no Bruce Mack of any calling it. 
I was hoping Bruce was going to call. And also young star in that group with Prince of Aaron Fowler. Number three, yeah. It's almost five or six across Finch the Finch is uh, coming second. Oh, very early. Very early. Yeah. Very early. Then Twilight Payment about eighth or ninth out deeper from Raymond Tusk. Next cross counter Constantinople on the fence. Then came Southern France, three and four wide from Worcester Gia Sound. Next Latrobe, Darren Craft and Bell back in the field early. Settling down is on the inside. Rostropovich will also magic walk. Then the chosen one, El Paradiso, surprise baby, second last. Oh, yeah. And at the end is Nerf. Clock is only just ticking and over to a minute. And declare for Australia leads with Twilight Payment handling up on its a whole lap to go still. A quarter away there is master of reality in a blunt spot from Young Star, and the speed is muddling in the early part of the race. They were followed by Prince of Aaron, now by a hunting horn from Steel Prince who's pulling. Next is Finch, a length and a half away, Mirage Dancer, then Raymond Tusk, and then came Southern France. Then Raymond Tusk, what a cool name. Now about midfield, one of the Raymond Tusk. Constantinople as they head towards the riverside in the 1700 metres. Further back is Worcester G, there's no place in the cup. Constantinople on the fence, and then came cross counter down draft. Well back in the field, now heading towards the 1650 is the throw. So about halfway through now, 3,200 metre race. 1500 meters to go. Getting out of the mini gritty, about a thousand metres to go here. Let's see that uh, Vow and Declare coming third. Yeah, surprise baby is one of those outside chances. It's a chance that I didn't take on that one. The one I'm worried about. Here we go, into the straight. Oh, but, but, could be anyone to race, still a long way to go. Close race, it's so close. Man, how close is this race? Now Declare wins, I think. We got it. Is it Van Declare? Did they win? Was it 23? Who was it? Van Declare ends up winning. So we won. We, we got it. What a race. Very close. So photo for second, photo for third. At least we're on the winner. I don't know how much, what a double the money
I don't think I had any uh, sweeps with that. Yeah, and the clear was always the whole race was was sort of up up in the lead. Twenty three, well that one. Uh, I'm glad I think I think those two ladies I'm not sure, I have to look but I think those two ladies yesterday that I was talking to Gail Stanley and Judy McCallum, they told me two horses to get on, Finch and Vow and Declare. So I got on both of those horses, and uh, Vow and Declare is the winner. What a Melbourne Cup. So Danny O'Brien, the winning trainer. To, to have a horse good enough to, to be in it and then for him to um, be ridden so beautifully by Craig and um, the last hundred he just wouldn't give in, he wouldn't give in and put his head out of the he line. He never gave up, did he? No, we don't know who came Craig second and, um, or third yet. It's been a winning move, hasn't it? Yeah, he rolled the dice like he does. Oh, so it's two years in a row being on it, so. Yeah, afraid to try something different than the one we've had from the Yeah. Between the winning move. You've got your beautiful children here. Pretty double the money, that's about it. How good is that money for you? Yeah. Oh my god, I've been waiting for you. It's always good to have a bit of money. Well, who wants to be with a moment, Danny? Let's hear it. Great. This is what dreams are made of. Craig Williams, you have tried to win this race. So, Craig Williams was the jockey. You've won it for Australia. What's that? No, I was just lucky enough to see you. Has anyone got a 23? No. Found the clear. Matt Arrington, he's absolutely absolutely all Second and third, not not anybody, uh, none of the none of the real favourites of the race. Master of Reality, Prince of Aaron. I'm from RSCP Lifeline Rescue. I just wanted to, on behalf of our crew here today and our crew based on the Sunshine Coast in Brisbane and Toowoomba, I'd like to thank you for attending and supporting us today. We rely very heavily on third-party events such as this. We are 69% government funded and all of our flights cost around about a minimum of $12,500. So every time our helicopter goes up, it's very expensive. As you can appreciate, anything to do with medical and aviation is always very expensive. Uh, Brisbane Base alone in the last financial year was tasked on 505 missions and that's at a cost of $6.3 million. So it's very expensive. So I just wanted to say thank you very much for supporting us today. Uh, obviously, Sam and the Rotary Club of Brisbane Airport. Thank you so much. We are so grateful. You do an amazing job. But we know exactly what this is like to pull up a, an event like this, and this is the first time that we've actually got to sit down and enjoy it. So we're very grateful. So thank you. 
Um, on behalf of all of us here at Lifefly, thank you very much for your fabulous support. You actually will never know when you need us, but we will be there for you 100%. We have the most professional doctors and paramedics. And it's funny because when we get out into the regions and we get to speak to people, that's when we truly realise how vital our service is. And I've actually just met one of our other past patients here today. So you just never know when you are going to need us. And if anyone's ever interested in seeing the base or the chopper, let me know because we love having visitors to our base. So thank you very much, everyone. Mandy. Mandy, this is Tim Wilshire. Thank you, Mandy. Um, now, we've, uh, the silent auction has finished, so um, <clears throat> if you want to collect your prize... So we're getting to the pointy end of the afternoon here. It's yeah. Melbourne Cup Day. It's been, uh, it's been a great spectacle. I think uh, the Brisbane uh, Airport Club of Rotary have done a fantastic job again. And uh, it's been great. It's, I do hope they continue to do this because I think it's, it's been... But to do it 10 years in a row, uh, it's, it's, n it's not easy to, to do the same event and try to make it better every year, 10 years in a row. You've got to congratulate them for, for uh, being able to do that. Uh, is this the first one you've been to, isn't it, Carol? Me, it absolutely is, yeah. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Well, the first one, but the first one it's for actually you the well, first either. ever Melbourne Cup luncheon I've ever been to. Really good. Have you ever been out of the office for Melbourne yeah. Cup? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever watched the Melbourne Cup? Have you ever watched the Melbourne Cup? Of course. Do they actually put it on a little TV? Yes, they put it on a little TV. Little TV. You know, drinks. That's it. And then you all go back to work like it all didn't happen. Racist stops the nation. It was good to be back in the winner's circle two years in a row. Two years now. Happy about that. Yeah, I'm a bit jealous, I say. I've known a winner for a while. You haven't backed a winner for a while? No. no. I, haven't, actually... I haven't backed anybody for a while, actually, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> you got to back to be able to back a winner, I guess. I've always been a sweet spot. No, I don't think they have. Getting to the pointy end, so... Oh, oh, yay! Hey, yes, I don't want any of these, so if somebody wants yeah, any yeah, help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very nice, very nice. It's good that what they've done here. They had some nice plants. And that's like a, this looks like it's come from the, you can, you can add that to your fascinator, that, those pink flamingos. You can add that to the, um... Oh, is he here today? No. No. I think it's just recent. Just the last couple of weeks. Getting to the point of the afternoon, yeah. the field is spinning out a little bit. So where's this golf happening? Oh, the putt putt golf is down at the Brisbane. You know where the Novotel is, just down the road. The one, the one that's Skygate, Skygate no, Transit Hotel. That's uh, so. There's a putt putt golf there, and I haven't played it for a while, but um, it's a, it's a, there is a driving range there as well, um, and there's some other little bits and bobs there. Um, I haven't been there for a while, but. The putt putts are a lot easier than the one you you, you do at Victoria Park. You know, the Victoria Park one always find tricky. Have you ever been to Victoria no. Park? Has it got putt putt there? No. Yeah, Victoria Park Golf Club. No, the, the, they've got the putt putt yeah. there, the driving range. This one's a lot easier. 
down the road, a lot easier. Is that before okay. or after wine? Uh, including, you, you, you know, you I can still, muscle, you can still really get a hole windy, in one. If it's really windy outside like it was earlier, I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> but yeah, gee, how windy was it when we came oh in? Oh my gosh, I'm, my skirt Your, your dress would have been blowing everywhere. Yeah. Your hat would have been blowing was, off yeah, Carolyn. It, it did, there was a wind trap. I was carrying in things as well. Wasn't I? was like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was carrying in the hampers and everything, and I'm like, the dress would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think yeah a couple yeah, of guys yeah, in, the, been, in the car park got a bit of a flash. <laughs> yeah, so um, November the 5th, 2019. I know Victoria got a public holiday, but we sort of, we sort of try to turn it into a public holiday here, but it hasn't really happened. It's Guy Fawkes Day in England. Today? What is it today? Guy Fawkes Day. Today is that is that a public holiday or bonfire not? Bonfire night. No, it's not a public holiday, but it's bonfire nights when you burn an effigy of Guy Fawkes. Yeah. And you have fireworks. Yeah, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, get rid of your stuff. You know what? Yeah, yeah. Get get rid of your old logo net stuff that you've never used. Yeah. Bonfire night. Bonfire night. Yeah. I used to love a bonfire as a kid. I mean. There is a story that I can tell when I was a, when I was, was a youngster living in Hobart and uh, we lived in a, a town called Lauderdale and um, we, you know, kick around with some kids or whatever. Anyway, we were sort of, there was a guild guide camp, a guild guide camp just down the road from where we lived. Anyway, and they had this, this place where you light a fire. Anyway, we, we decided to trespass the property trespass and, and light our own fire there. Anyway, uh, and also we used to have sword fights. We used to take the light tube, those little light tubes out of the fluoro tubes uh, and we used to smash them in, down the beach. Um, so yeah. And then anyway, on the short of it is we got arrested uh, lighting this bonfire and got taken over to the batting man. And how old were you? I was about 13 or 14. Oh my god. Anyway, better take it.